Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Welcome to the Shovel Pass Podcast, Week 12 edition. Hello, 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 gentlemen. How are we this evening? Tremendous, fellas. How's everyone doing? Wonderful. I'm Nick Sawyer, and as always, I'm joined by Will Sawyer, Chris Heim, and Phil Heim. So, Week 12. This is starting to get to the sad point in the season where we're approaching... Well, it's... Mixed emotions. We're, we're so far through the season, I start getting these feelings like, oh, no, I don't want it to end. We're, we shouldn't be that far into the season. But equal parts anticipation and excitement for uh, the playoff race because this is when it really gets interesting. And there's this flurry of divisional games deciding things and breaking hearts and... You know, lifting Cinderella stories into the playoffs who could run the table and win a Super Bowl. So I thought for today, seeing as there's uh, a large number of embattled quarterbacks or quarterbacks throughout the league who are perhaps feeling the heat on their seat and they aren't quite sure what their, their their job situation might be a little tenuous for next season. So I made a list of, I believe I have 19 quarterbacks on this list of guys who we're, I want to run through them and I want to get each of your quick take as to whether they are starters next year. Are they going to be a starting quarterback on an NFL team next year? Are they going to be a backup quarterback on an NFL team next year? Or as Will so eloquently put it, are they going to be a gas station attendant? Like, are they going to be out of football? Is this, is this their swan song? The reverse Kurt Warner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Didn't he work at a cell phone kiosk or something? No, no, Uh, grocery store. Grocery store. Yeah. yeah, Bag bag and groceries. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And there's a terrible looking movie coming out with, uh, about him. No, uh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really? with Zach Levi, with Shazam. It's really good to I be love Zach I love Levi. Zach Levi. Yeah, yeah. I think he's great. He's one of my favorite actors. But the trailer for that movie looks like... It looks like the most cheesy 90s sports movie that didn't come out in the 90s. There's they a trailer? Dennis, they have oh, Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Dennis Quaid plays Dick Vermeil, and he's as crazy as he sounds. Oh, it my looks, goodness. It, it, Dennis it really Quaid is Dick Vermeil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. That's terrible. There's a bunch of, like, there's a bunch of, like little minor... Like, just quality of life things, or just even, like, fact-checking things they could have done that they didn't. Like, all the cleats and, like, the gloves they use in the trailer are stuff from, like, today. 
not 20 years ago. <laughs> it's just little things that are history specific that they just oh, didn't whatever. care about. Yeah, who cares? Like, <laughs> Dude, I mean, Chris cares. Terrible. Chris cares very much. <laughs> very so, much. So, which is it, Chris? Though it, it doesn't. It looks like a 90s movie that didn't come out in the 90s, or it doesn't yes. look enough like a 90s movie that came out. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm saying it's 90s in the sense that it looks cheesy and way too sentimental, but it's just <laughs> incredibly ahistorical. It's Disney. So, let's see. I don't know. It might be. That's a good question. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking Invincible, right? Like with with Mark Wahlberg, it came out mm, years yeah, yeah. back. That was Disney. I mean, to a T. It was yeah. emotional and heartfelt and over the top, and and I mean, it was great. I I loved every second of it. Uh, I thought who who played Greg Kinnear? He played Dick Vermeil in that movie, didn't he? I don't recall. Wasn't that Dick Vermeil or, or who? Yeah, was that some, yeah, but it was Dick Vermeil, wasn't it? I think so. I think it's safe to say. Uh... He's a better actor than uh, <laughs> than uh, the other guy. Phil Mensch, I'm getting his name right now. Dennis Quaid? Uh, yeah, no, Dennis definitely Quaid, yeah. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid doesn't strike me as Dick Vermeule at all. And, no. and it's hard for me to separate Dennis Quaid from uh, uh, Any Given Sunday. I haven't seen that movie yet. No. Oh, I swear Chris, to God. are you serious? Will, Will's been giving a shit for the last eight oh, years man. about how like how out of the loop wow, we are. need to do a whole segment just for prison. <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to say that on air. Like, we're well, recording Phil here. Phil hasn't this... seen Friday Night Lights yet. Okay, I haven't watched Varsity I mean, Blues. Either, so. no. <laughs> or Varsity Friday Night Blues. Of... <laughs> eh. Yeah, that's a good movie. I've seen that. Friday Night Lights. Uh, yeah, Varsity Blues man. is kind of like the shitty version of Friday Night Lights. Yeah. It's a over the top sentimental, but like in a very kind of sappy hey, way. Hey, I mean, Varsity yeah, it was Blues pretty goofy. I mean, Friday Night Lights was epic. Friday Night Lights so. is ex- excellent, right? Oh. <laughs> it's actually a good kind of uh, mini. What's the best football movie we've seen? For me, it's got to remember the Titans. At least no. personally, I'm curious y'all there. Come on, come on, gotta be around the Titans. What do y'all no, think? It's a very Rudy. good movie, but. Oh, oh Rudy. damn it, Rudy. No, I'm not. I was actually watching clips of Rudy. Rudy Rudiger, man. I was watching clips Wait. of Rudy like last night at 2 a.m. as I was supposed to be doing work but procrastinating. Uh, and I was just thinking like, oh, my goodness. Like I just kept thinking like my own university experience playing football, like how none of that would have happened. I was like, there's no way players who are dying for scholarships are like, hey, coach, take my jersey. I'm not playing if this kid does it. I'm like, there's no way, dude. Yeah. As much as they love the guy, no fucking way. Well, so this, is, this might be a hot take because I'm probably not in the majority here. I think for the most part, any given Sunday has uh, been universally panned. Like, I don't think it's a favorite for a lot of people, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. that cool speech in it, the iconic uh, Al Pacino speech in that movie. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was a bit, it was a bit over the top. It was definitely trying to show a very seedy, uh, dark view of pro sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but let's be honest. Uh, Which is probably why the Cowboys in the 90s. Totally, totally. So I don't know how far-fetched it was necessarily, but it definitely played up that angle. And uh, had Lawrence Taylor in it. You know, it was like three hours long, too. So it was a really long movie. I think it wore on some people. But I just, I loved every part of it. Jim Brown and Lawrence Taylor and uh, Jamie Foxx, Dennis Quaid, Al Pacino. Like, I just thought, yeah, you know, LL Cool J was in. I mean, come on. You're you're hitting, like, all corners of the demographic spectrum here. I mean, it was great. (laughs) The 90s all-star team there. Yeah. So, anyways. Okay, that was great. <laughs> but let's get back to, to the real business of things. We could do a whole episode on that, you know. We could Why do a don't whole we? episode on like <laughs> football movies. Grade grade football movies are our top ten. 
That'd be fun. Yeah. All right, lots of th- these are out- off-season ideas. Okay, so let's start this list off, and uh, let's have some fun with it. So, <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to caveat or asterisk for this. Not all of these are seriously difficult. Okay, so not all of these. I mean, some of these are like uh, I don't know, a bit goofy, but let's have some fun with it. Okay, sure. now, number one. With an epic performance out of nowhere to lift the Jets to victory, Mike White established himself as a name and a force to be reckoned with for one week. Does this <laughs> man have a job next year? And what is it? I think he's bought himself years of lucrative backup work. I mean, he's somehow found a way to be a backup since 2018 in this in this league, and without making a sing, like a name for himself at all. Like we had no idea, we had no idea he wasn't a rookie until he started. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, and then he started yeah. and played pretty damn well. And I'd still say he's had the best, inarguably single single game this season by any Jets quarterback. Um, and so, no, seriously, absolutely <laughs> has, absolutely has. So that alone, I think, has bought him. Yeah, he's at least bought himself. I think two or three more years of lucrative backup work. I think at the very lucrative least, backup work. I'll say so. Backup, Phil, Will, what is starter, he? Backup, 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 backup for sure. Chris, backup. backup All right, sure. yeah, I'm with you. He's a backup. I mean, one game does not. This is not Matt Flynn. You know, highly touted LSU quarterback who's going to get thirty million dollars from Seattle to be a as starter. As much as I would love to see Mike White become the Jets quarterback of the future over Zach Wilson, their highly touted second overall draft pick, it's just not going to happen. As much as I would love to see it, <laughs> he's he might get if he gets a few more starts as a backup next year, or he makes another run where he shows impressive, uh, you know, gumption. Then maybe he could uh, parlay that into something, but I think he's he's yeah. a career backup. But he's just put together, you know. Yeah, he's looking like he's got a few more years. So good, good, good job. Yeah, he might be the new uh, Kevin Cobb. Who knows? Yeah, I can. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> I can that? see him going somewhere as a backup where the starting job is not maybe the most solid in the league, where they oh maybe. Yeah. might resort to him at some point. But I don't I think don't. anyone's looking at him going, he's our starter next year. No. Nobody. Back, Nobody back up for uh, an established starter because we don't think our starter is ever going to go down and he won't have to play. <laughs> 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 All right. We that was the, we don't – listen, I got 18 more of these, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's keep this, gotcha. you know, brief. Teddy B. Teddy Bridgewater, where is he? Uh, he? I think he's a starter. I think he's back in Denver, assuming they don't get Aaron Rodgers. Same. Okay. Will? I think if Denver doesn't get somebody new, he he's a starter. He's a starter somewhere. He'll he'll end up on some team that can't the the team that gets so. caught without a quarterback when the music stops. It's like, oh yeah, I hear TVs yeah. available. <laughs> the musical chairs of yeah, quarterbacking. Exactly. <laughs> Chris he's better than Cam. Yeah. He's a I'm starter. The same. I'm I I think he's a fringe starter. Uh some if the Denver Broncos will bring it back next year because they get someone else. Some other team that needs a bridge quarterback is going to bring in Bridgewater to be the bridge. Yeah, okay. Bridge. I like that take. I feel like he's a bit he's a bit younger Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, yes. and better Tyrod Taylor in my opinion. Yeah, too. and better and better, yeah. Uh Sam Darnold, your your favorite. Backup. He's Steelers quarterback if they don't get Garoppolo or Rodgers. <laughs> Starter. Hopefully who who do you think is hundred percent backup? Hundred no, no, percent no. backup. No, no, no. I'm saying Pittsburgh. If if they don't get Rodgers or Garoppolo as their quarterback next year, who's going to be their starting quarterback? It's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be is our he, boy. Is Mason he better Rudolph. than Mason Crosby? Mason Rudolph? 
Probably, oh, yeah. yes. I'd take over Mason Rudolph. Yes, I would. <laughs> Whatever the fuck so his he, name is. There's a market for him. <laughs> I would pay to see Mason Crosby play quarterback. <laughs> uh, he'd probably be better than Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> Darnold's a backup. Okay. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I would have said backup before their four-game win streak. Now he might be playing himself into a starting role in Miami. Uh, and Brian Flores is definitely coaching to save his job right now. So I think at this point, starter, likely in Miami. Uh, I'm not sure if Deshaun ends ends up in Miami. Like, it's been kind of rumored. But I think for now, he's playing himself into a starting role. Well, Agreed. Chris? Yeah, no, no dissent. I think he might be a starter. But I think he might. I think he ends up in one of these situations where he has to compete in training camp to, to be a starter. Yeah, like we we are offering him a chance to compete for the starting job. That's anyways. But he has looked good the last four games. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Amish rifle, backup. He's a gas station attendant next season. Oh, I think, think uh, he's done? honestly, well, I think he's, he's hanging think he's it up. Cooked. I think he's. I think he's got to be. He's cooked. I think like the fact that Taylor Heineke is kind of taking that. Like it's his job now to lose. And honestly, the fact that he didn't get a chance, a crack at it fairly, I guess, in preseason, kind of rubbed me personally the wrong way. But I see he's kind of taking a hold on that job during the season. But uh, I don't see what team signs a thirty-eight-nine year old uh, journeyman quarterback with an injury history. I mean, sure, as a backup potentially, but I think it's likely he just rides off in the sunset with that luscious beard of his. I don't know. I think he's a better backup than Andy Dalton. So. Somebody will pick him up. Fitz, Chris, uh, I could see either point. Uh, he's he's turning. He's still turning. What forty next season? Like he's gonna. Oh, he just keeps getting older and older. The more people talk. No, but but that's it. Like he's already he's already an old quarterback. He's still pretty athletic considering his advanced age, which is which is a plus. But he's going to be coming off a career ending, or sorry, a season ending injury. So my concern with him is I think he's more than capable of honestly being either a starter, a backup, or a gas station attendant. Like, it's, I have literally no idea. It just depends on his health. It depends on his health and what team's desperate enough. That's it. But he could be any of those three. Yeah, okay. From, he's, uh, granted, so he's, granted, he could be starting in Carolina right now if he was healthy. That's true. He could be. <laughs> yeah. He very well could be. All right. He's 39 years old. He will be turning 40 years yeah. old next season. I think... I don't know the details of his injury and severity and all of that. I think there's a chance he rides off into the sunset if his injury um, makes him. I also think he is the leading candidate to take take the crown from uh, Josh McCown as the 40-plus journeyman quarterback who just keeps coming back Mm -hmm. for somebody because... He's a leader, and he's a locker room guy, and he's cerebral, and he knows the defenses. I mean, the guy went to Harvard, didn't he? Yeah, he did. did. Anyways, so yeah, I could see him coming back, but he's a backup. He's not a starter anymore. Okay, next, uh, Taylor Heineke. Starter. Starter. Starting for for the Washington football team. William? Fringe starter. Mm, Okay, yeah. I see him in the in the vein of I think he's played better, but I I see him in the vein of uh, Gardner Minshew. He's put together a pretty nice little season, mm-hmm. and he's going to get a chance. And we'll see if he can sustain this success once teams have a whole bunch of film on him. 
that's it. I, oh. I think I think he's there, but his leash is fairly short. And yeah. if anything starts going sideways, uh, they're not going to have a lot of patience with him. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Backup, backup, backup. I think that's his niche. I think he could yeah. be uh, uh, he could be an injury starter, but that's his niche. Yeah, I think he's he's firmly entrenched as a backup. He's gotten the stamp. Everybody's stamped him across the league as a backup quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy GQ. He's a starter, just not for your Niners. <laughs> Is he a starter? Agreed. Okay. Yeah, I think so starter? too. He's starter? too talented. He wins too many games when <laughs> yeah, he's healthy. I know. I know. All right, I agree. He's going to be a starter somewhere. But as the news broke this week, he will be traded in the offseason. And uh, we just don't know where. All right. Tyrod Taylor. So Tyrod, I think, will be a backup as well. But he also might be out of the league. I I don't know, because he is a character guy. He's a locker room guy. It's just like... if if Houston doesn't bring him back for whatever reason, I don't see anyone else bringing him back to start. Yeah, so fair like, enough. He could be a he would be a backup. I think is his, his ceiling next year, but he also might not just get an offer. He might sit on the bench until mid November, uh, late no. October, and then no, someone's no, no. Be he, like, he'll be hey, a backup. Injury. We need to bring, bring someone in. Some somebody will pick him up as a backup. He is a very good backup. I think. Uh, yeah. He's he's not a great starter, but he's a very. Uh, it's just he's funny because he's had nine lives, right? Like somehow he keeps getting starting jobs. I mean, this year he backed his way. It, it he kind of fell into it because the Texans had no other options. They <laughs> they got kind of screwed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think he's a backup quarterback. He got lucky this season, but he's a backup. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. He's out. <laughs> He's retirement dead. home. <laughs> retirement, yeah. Done. Hanging yeah. it up. Forced into retirement. Old bad. Yeller. He looks, I was about to say Old Yeller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Looks, he looks abhorrent throwing the football. It's just it's just horrific. It's 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 so like displeasing to me as a football fan, as someone who grew up watching Ben yeah. kind of like and play well at, at, at a Hall of Fame level for most of his career, play like utter garbage. I, I haven't seen someone fall yeah. apart this quick. I mean, Chris has seen it obviously more the past few years than I have, but the the rapid the the speed with it's which he's apart behind our eyes it is tough yeah I've yeah. never been reminded of my own mortality more than watching <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger this season it's been it's been really kind of depressing in a lot of ways because I you know as as someone who not recently but when I was younger had illusions of like oh I could maybe be like an NFL guy if I just had a little you know more at work no I'm like Big Ben is what all the schmucks like me say when they're like i could play in the nfl like that's what we look like with (laughs) less of a good arm like he still has a better arm than we do but in terms of mobility in terms of clumsiness and coordination like or rather lack of coordination big ben is is um decidedly not athletic or uh above average in any regard he's very depressing (laughs) well watching him this season makes me makes me think of peyton manning in his final season because Peyton Manning looked really bad in that final season. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he was very limited, and there was yeah. there was a very controlled skill set that he had, like a very um, con- constricted skill set that he had, and they had to control the game plan and the play calling to to make sure they weren't stepping outside of his limitations. But he had the best defense in the league yeah. and an enormously talented offense around him. So Ben Roethlisberger is Peyton Manning circa 2013 without the talent around him mm-hmm. to be able to 
to lead a team Get to the Super it. Bowl. Yeah, like the the Broncos could have had almost anybody at quarterback. I feel. Well, Brock Osweiler. Maybe that's a stretch, they, but... they could have won the Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler. But that's the point. It's funny because like Ben now. Uh, well, that's the thing. Sorry, rather Peyton back then even was he could still beat you with his mind. But that was like so that doesn't really matter. But Ben was never known for his mind, right? Like the the image that comes to my head is like that <laughs> meme of him at training camp, like batting friggin' like those pads down instead of avoiding them. And I'm like, oh yeah, well that's five years ago, and look where you are now. No wonder you can't move <laughs> because when you were supposed to be practicing those, you were hitting them with the football and not actually doing the drills, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, right? Oh, you're supposed to wear a helmet. On a motorcycle? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Live and learn. <laughs> All right. Josh Rosen. Here's a, uh, a spicy one for you, Josh. Practice we had the Josh Rosen Practice, sighting yeah. a few weeks ago. Practice squad. Practice squad. Practice squad. Practice squad. We do, we do, we have a fourth tier that's that, in that guy's that had he's that done. guy's had he's more done. lives than yeah. anyone ought to have, considering nobody has liked him. He comes in and he is immediately tossed aside. So yeah. there's something there. And every time he sees the field, he looks terrible. Um, I, I was a believer the, for a while that, that he might have some value, but no. Wasn't that the scouting report on him when he came out of college that he was just decidedly unlikable? <laughs> it was. It was. I do he recall was... that being a criteria. That he was trying to get like, uh, along with that at UCLA. He did but, have some uh, yeah. snarkiness in his report. Yeah, he was bristly or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so he's Aaron Rodgers without talent. He could yeah. end up. He could, honestly, guys, like he could end up in Pittsburgh next year, but not for the Steelers. For the USFL team, they're, they're rebooting. He could be there, but on their practice squad. <laughs> no, Josh Rosen, I think is going to be in the, the CFL starting. next year. Yeah, he's going to be the no. starting quarterback. Oh, come the, on, don't drag Montreal Alouettes next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Matt Ryan. Starter. I, th- I think he's still starter. There. They don't have starting a quarterback, quarterback yet. They don't have okay. a succession plan. I okay. think he's still a starter in Atlanta until they draft another one. And if they do draft someone else, he's probably going to sit a year. Yeah. So he's got a he's got plus one year after whenever they draft a quarterback. That's it. All right. Fair enough. That's yeah. I like I said, some of these I don't think are honestly all that, um, you know, newsworthy. Okay, next up on the list, our favorite, our favorite, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh, I think he's still tough... starting for the G-Men. What okay. was he drafted again? Was he 2019? He, no, not, he might be 19, yeah. I don't think he was, eight. yeah, he's 19, 2019. Yeah, so I think he's still starting, but that might be it. Yeah, he plays out the rookie deal, and that's kind of it, I think. Yeah, he's going to well, get Well, if, if he got drafted in 2019, this is only his third season? Yeah, like so he'd go into his fourth seasons. year, and then they'd let him... I think they'd let oh, him yeah. stick around for the fourth, and then come, like, fifth-year option. They're not paying him... What is it? T- you've got to pay average of the top five salaries or something? No, no, at the no, position, no, no, Or is that for no, free agents? No, yeah, no, that's free agents. Oh, you're right. That's he'd for, probably uh, get $20 yeah. million to That fifth-year option is probably $20 million for him. But yeah, well, I mean, frankly, like I'd probably honestly lump like Baker and Daniel Jones in that same kind of category of like you pay these guys twenty million tops, like they're yeah, they're slightly too. above backup level, but they're not guys that you can kind of hitch your team to. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, you definitely got to build a whole lot around them. Better than Trubisky, I, I was, but not I was much making my that. case, I think, on on the Twitterverse uh, this week that I, I think uh, New York has other things they need to focus on right now. 
they need to build in the trenches. They need better O-line. They need better D-line. Before they start looking at quarterback, It's not that's not their biggest problem, and that's not the reason why they're losing right now. It's yeah, not their best enough. position, but I just don't think you bother replacing the quarterback until you've resolved the O-line. Mm-hmm. It really okay. comes down to whether they make a play for a free agent quarterback because they're done with him. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers comes across their plate, maybe, but I just, I don't think he would go there and I'm not sure who else is going to want to go to the Giants. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Let's go to the talent deficient. That's what I mean. So who who of any value is going to be like, yeah, I want to be a giant next year. Hey, they do have Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony. It's not it's not a sparse wide receiver room. <laughs> it's not completely bo- like barren. No, but but I mean, you're right, listen, you're right. people go play in New York because it's New York. So it's not that they couldn't get somebody. I just don't think it's Aaron Rodgers. Like he gives a shit. Apparently, Russell Wilson was very interested in New York this past summer, in terms of uh, like when he was debating like trying to force a way out of Seattle or not. Where does New York fit on the the, the salary cap spectrum? Like, could they dump and sign $111 million worth dollars worth of free agents and make a, a Patriots-esque turnaround? They would need proper... Like, the, organizationally, they're not as good as the Pats to, to make that kind of no. turnaround. Though. Gettleman's never going to do that. Yeah, no, no, no. Gettleman's leaving, I'm pretty sure, at the end of the season anyway. Yeah, so. terrible. Do terrible. You, you think so? They're gonna, they're gonna, are they going to kick him to the curb, or is he just going to walk out? I think, honestly, I think it might be like a quote-unquote forced retirement kind of thing. So that's what I'm thinking. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to look at see how much cap room the yeah so it looks like the giants in 2022 will have about what is that not too well yeah about 200 yeah a little over 200 in cap in salary cap 200 200 mil to play with no or it could be looking at what the hell am i looking at numbers wise no <laughs> they're not going to have 200 effective 2022 cap space uh, Giants are slightly below zero right now. Oh uh, well, then never mind. And <laughs> and they they have about uh, a little over forty five hundred snaps this year by people who are going to be free agents in twenty twenty two. So they're they're on the kind of wrong quadrant of the spectrum. They're, they're of, in a bad place. Yeah, because David Gettleman is a terrible GM. <laughs> I mean, all right, granted, all right. they're in a better position than Dallas and Minnesota and Atlanta. Yeah, but Dallas but doesn't not need good. to sign they're a whole good. new team. <laughs> You're right, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's run through these last uh, these last guys and get it moving. All right, Cam Newton. We heard the uh, last from him. I think nah. so. Unfortunately, I think I think, I think Carolina backup somewhere. It out. But- not convincingly. Do you think he'll take a backup job, though? Or will he just walk off and be like, okay, I'm going to go to Hollywood oh. now? I think that's yeah, more likely. Right, I right. think he would have taken a backup job in New England if Bill wanted to adopt his job. He even said he'd take one in New England. I don't think he would take one in a situation where he's coming in to be backup. Um, that's the thing. is, I think definitely he walks on the sunset, does Hollywood or whatever. Cam's, his brand is fine. I mean, like, yeah, he, he's been an icon for a generation of kind of young quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson – Kind of, he looks up to Cam as the guy who brought him to Sean Watson. Like, there's a generation of young quarterbacks, so he will live on through them. I think to him, it's more important to preserve his legacy and leave without throwing more picks than completions every single week out on the field. So, <laughs> I, I still, I still think he might, he might be a backup next year in Carolina. They might want to keep him back because who knows what their quarterback situation is like? They don't have a quarterback right now. Period. 
So unless they draft one or bring in a, a, a big time free agent, like I, I don't see why it would be in Carolina's best interest because he scored six touchdowns in three weeks. Yeah, but like he's listen, scoring. Chris, points. he's a distraction. He's a he's an icon, and he's a distraction just being there. So that's why he... I don't I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> when you look at his stat line this week, he was like one of the worst three performances of the year by any oh, yeah. quarterback. It was an abomination. He it has, was absolutely. He hasn't, he hasn't been a, a capable quarterback since 2019 at the late. At the well, no, I would time. say he was capable two weeks ago, Chris. But I, not even, <laughs> not even that. But like my my point is like in, in terms of in terms of is he better than what you got in Carolina? He's the best you got. Like he's all you got. Who knows if Sam Darnold's going to stay around there or they're going to try to ship him off? No. Nah, Car- anyways, Carolina signs somebody. They do the free agent thing again, and I think Cam's. They let um, him go. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think he gave it the 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 valiant college try over the last two years to get back into the league and get back into the starting position somewhere, and it didn't work out. And I think at some point, and I think next year's that point where he goes, okay, enough is enough. Like, don't damage my icon iconicness. Mm-hmm any further by being a backup quarterback football is important, but I feel like his brand is as important and he'll probably move on to greener pastures. Anyways. All right. Jameis Winston. He could be a starter probably in new Orleans, uh, maybe like we'll say in Carolina, but I, I'm thinking, most likely he he would stay in New Orleans and start there for at least next year. You think so? He's going to yeah. start in New Orleans. Well, I mean, again, same thing. Like they don't they signed Taysom Hill just now. No one's did. I don't think they're in any any rush to make him the full time starting quarterback as of next season because he'll, he'll be like thirty three. Like what? Who wants to start a quarterback as as no a brand Taysom new... Hill's not even on my list. He's not a starting quarterback. No, no, he's, I know, he's, but yeah. but that's what I'm saying is like who is New Orleans going to bring in? Like Jameis apparently is someone that the locker room likes. He's a He's someone the team very much enjoys. He's someone that Sean McVay, or sorry, okay. um, what's his face? Um, yeah, Sean Payton. Name? Sean Payton yeah. likes, so okay. I think he could be the starter. Phil? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think I lean towards him remaining a starter in New Orleans, but like Chris said, mainly because they don't have any options. Will? If New Orleans doesn't sign anyone new, I can see them starting him. I don't see him starting anywhere else. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and I last resort. And I think it's unlikely. I feel like backup is my my leader in that clubhouse. He's a backup quarterback. But okay, this one is great. The red rifle, Andy Dalton. <laughs> he just threw for 317 yards. Who's he starting for next season, boys? Pittsburgh, baby. Nobody. <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the Red Rifle is starting any. I think his starting days uh, were over once he left Cincinnati. Yeah, okay. Will? Yeah, no, he's not starting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chris? No way. No way. No, no, no. He's, not a, he's definitely not a starter, but he's backup. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm with you guys on that one. I think he's he's a very he capable this backup. Year that he's not even a capable bridge quarterback at this point. No, but he's a very capable backup. I mean, yes. hey, if Brian Hoyer can last this long as a top-tier A-list backup quarterback, Andy Dalton is a backup quarterback. He can be a Brian Hoyer, maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe. Brian Hoyer hasn't thrown for 300 yards in a game in his life. And Hoyer looked better than any game Andy Dalton played last year for the Cowboys, too. So, I don't know. Yeah, all right. Bit of a wash. I I disagree. Agree to disagree there, friend. (laughs) Okay. Jalen Hurts. Starter. Hands Starter. Yeah, he's a starter in Philadelphia, too. That's an emphatic thing. He's what Carson Wentz should have been. That is my hot take. I'm no, taking no, no, I'm taking no other questions. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I I think Hertz is a starter. I think he's a very unliked starter by Philly fans because Philly fans Fuck suck. Fuck Philly fans. Okay, yeah. We just leave it at that. They're the war- they don't deserve any championships ever. The players do, the fans don't. If, if if the city of Philadelphia had never won another game ever, I'd be happy. I, I would die happy. Man. You're a Steelers fan. You're I not know. even an NFC East fan. I know. What's They're, your, what, it's, what's it's your hard on against Philly? Because they booed Santa Claus and they booed Donovan McNabb, the best quarterback they've ever had. They have no <laughs> class as a fan base. And they're some of the worst degenerate humans ever. They almost tore down. They almost destroyed the city when they when they won Super Bowl uh, Fifty Two. Oh my gosh! Our Come listenership on. just tripled, and they're all from <laughs> Philly, and we're just going to get canceled. Thanks a oh, lot. Oh no, that's Chris. the thing. They're going to come after us hardcore because they're Philly fans, and they, and they have nothing else to do. Uh, I love I love that I'm the Cowboys fan, and I'm not the biggest Philly hater in the group. <laughs> I love I when, yeah, when, no. the, when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years ago. I was over the moon for the. I thought the players, for the most part, were very likable. They deserved it. They worked hard. They were talented. The first thing I thought was, oh, fuck, Philly fans get a win here. God damn it. That was the first thing I thought. (laughs) Fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Yeah. Fly right into a fucking I like Philly, man. I would would root for Philly, maybe, you know, if I wasn't a Niners fan. Uh, Okay. Two more on the list here. Jared Goff. Back up. Definitely. No, I, don't think, I mean starter just because it's the Lions and who else are they gonna get? Yeah, and who's gonna come to the Lions to to, to play anything? No one, especially when they go uh, oh sixteen and one. They're gonna have the first pick. Yeah, but like, who's what quarterback has been highly touted enough this upcoming draft class? Oh, I'm de- de- Detroit will find one. They'll, <laughs> That's true. They'll tout one of them. That's true. <laughs> uh, I think off. I don't know whether they can afford to not start him next year. I don't know. I can't remember what his contract looks like, but he may be in one of those situations where, like, we're paying him so much money, he better he better start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I no, I think he's a backup. I think he's a backup by the, by the end of at some point next season, people finally decide and come to the conclusion that he's a backup quarterback. I don't know though. He could have one of those uh, roundabout careers where now he becomes the journeyman starter that like he's talented and he can start for a team in the NFL, probably one of the bottom five, and he'll just run around being the uh, next generation less likable Ryan Fitzpatrick. There you go. He's like a grown Amish beard. Yeah. Super vanilla. He'll be, yeah, he'll be the very monotone Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> okay, last but definitely not least, and this took this segment took way longer than we planned. Baker Mayfield. Uh he's that's a good one actually. I think he starts in, oh fuck man, sorry. 
I'm trying to think. He could be a backup. He could be a starter. I think he could be a starter in Cleveland if he comes off his initial asking price of like $35 million a year from his past offseason. If he comes to a more realistic like $20, $22 million. Is that what he asked for? Yeah, he, he was an at, extension. Oh yeah, yeah. He was looking oh. for like top tier because because they went to the playoffs last year. He had all the leverage this time last year, or sorry, uh, before the season started because they came off their first playoff win in what twenty five years, something like that, uh, and against a hated division rival in Pittsburgh. So um, he had a ton of leverage. They were riding the high horse. Uh, they've come back to earth a little this year. He's been terrible some most games, frankly. Uh, so I think he could continue to be the starter in Cleveland only if they he agrees to be paid no more than like 2022. If not, he's a backup. He's going elsewhere and no one's going to make him a starter. He starts for the Steelers next year. Get the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I saw you say that in the chat and it pissed me off and then I forgot you said it until just now and I'm pissed off again. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I I don't know. Honestly, I, I'm not entirely convinced he's good enough to be a, a starter, but he's, I don't know, arguably too good to just be a backup. I feel like somebody will want to put him on the field. I just so don't know. So he is who. the as likable Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I think with him, it's a Could matter of just, of just a contract. Like, what's he willing to play for? Because he he could like again, it's not just in Cleveland. Like he could be a decent starter anywhere in the league for no more than twenty two million. Because otherwise, like he can. Well, at some point, his value decides itself, and he doesn't have a say in it. And it's either you're in the league and you get paid this, or you're, you know, kick rocks. I'm with you. So, I don't know. Yeah, Phil. Thoughts? I think, he's, I think he's a starter somewhere, and I think he's a starter somewhere for one more year. I don't know if that's act, uh, like actually in Cleveland or not. Um, good chance. I honestly think there's a 50-50 chance it's not in Cleveland, but I do think he gets one more starting year to prove he can be a long-term solution at quarterback. I think if he doesn't show out in 2022, I think that's when he goes to backup status. Mm. Okay. All right. So, Phil, you posed this wonderful question in our uh, group chat before would you care to take it away and present so my to the question, class yeah. so that's where i was that's where i was uh, as a fun thought exercise i was trying to think i'm like hmm after the game after the ravens browns game where lamar jackson threw four interceptions and yet still found a way to beat baker i in my opinion am not certain that baker will be the starting quarterback for the browns next year so the question then is is that likely to be baker or aaron Rodgers? and if it is aaron Rodgers, why does then how does baker then end up on the steelers <laughs> oh my gosh i well, mean that, that... Roger, rogers is a pure signing um they're not the worst match for rogers uh especially uh what is it conklin uh if he gets healthy they don't have a terrible o-line they have a oh. wicked run game and they're not bare at receiver so there's some reasons why they might be able to attract a decent quarterback there um, whether or not Rodgers wants to go to a team that has perennially underperformed, we'll see. But uh, it, it is it is on the radar. It is possible, in my opinion. So here's the hot take. Rodgers goes to Cleveland on the condition that they trade 
two first round picks to the Rams to get OBJ back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could see them showing up there. I could see them showing up there and trying to swing something for Devonte Adams. I don't know if that's possible. They can sign Rogers and make an offer to get Devonte Adams. He's not a free agent next season though, is he? Or he is. Can he get out next season? I don't know. That's a fun thought. Rogers forces his way out, goes to Cleveland. Devontae Adams follows him. They get their number one. And pair him with, with the talent they already have in their running game. I mean, that, that looks starts to look like a pretty scary team. Honestly, Phil, when that, that you pose that question, I thought this is like equal parts fun and ridiculous because yeah. that's never going to happen. I honestly don't think it is. But uh, Baker, I think he's a starting quarterback somewhere, but I have a hard time seeing him as, as I was a huge Baker fan when he got drafted, but I have a hard time seeing him 10 years down the road in a Cleveland uniform franchise. Yeah. So guy. it will be interesting to see whether Devonte wants to, or tries to follow Aaron Rodgers because he is an unrestricted free agent in 2022. Yeah. Cool. So he he can choose where he wants to go. Oh, the drama. The drama. That'll be fun. Love the off season. All right, we've got like five episodes worth of content that we can talk about <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> Recycle. Okay. What's next? We had another awesome question that came up this week about the intrigue that's brewing in the NFC, which is surprising because most of the intrigue this season is lay in the AFC. But there's a couple teams that were very, very hot names at the beginning of the season as predictions go for playoffs and beyond. And they've been struggling as of late. So another Phil special. Who needs to be more panicked at this moment in time, the Los Angeles Rams or the Dallas Cowboys. I think I've, uh, I'm going to put my money on the Rams. Um, I think what's going on with them is a lot more troubling. I think they have a lot less excuses for sucking than the Cowboys do. I think, I think Dak still is working his way back into being healthy. And, And even the losses they've taken, it's not like, Though it's not like they were outclassed, you know, like the Raiders game of the Cowboys lost, like they, they could have probably won that game too. Like it's not like the Cowboys are out of games, but the Rams in this kind of three game schedule don't don't look competitive the way they used to. Like the even though the score of the Packers game was tighter than it looked, that game did not feel competitive, right? So that's where I look at them. Like okay, so you guys have inarguably one of the most talented rosters in, in the NFL, inarguably, um, and what do you have to show for it? Especially since you spent, you know even more draft capital acquiring Von Miller and uh, uh, OBJ. And you've gone 0-3 since acquiring those guys. Well, 0-2 since OBJ, but 0-3 since getting uh, Von Miller. It's like, that's not good enough. And to me, it's like, okay, I see Dallas struggling, but at least Dallas can point to the fact that they had their star quarterback get thrown out of rhythm. But what the hell is your excuse, LA? I thought you had the, I thought you had, uh, the anti-Goff in uh, Matt Stafford, and now everyone's saying he's Goff 2.0. <laughs> what the heck is happening there? I, I'm, I'm much more uh, terrified if I'm a Rams fan than if I'm a Cowboys fan. Well, and and let's look at the Cowboys quickly just for a second. Uh, They've got Demarcus Lawrence coming back this week. They've got Neville Gallimore coming back probably in about two weeks. They've got 
Uh, CD Lamb in the concussion protocol missed last week's game. He'll be coming back soon. Amari missed last week. will be coming back soon. They narrowly lost that Raiders game. They're getting a lot of guys back, key guys that are going to be able to make that kind of run to the Isn't end. Randy of the season Gregory for coming back soon too. At some point, he's a little further off, I think, but I can't remember. I was looking at that earlier, but um, anyways, yeah, like they've got a lot of talent that was not on the field on Thursday. So yeah, they looked bad, but they have more to look forward to. The Rams don't have that same personnel deficit that they can point to. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're healthy and sucking. <laughs> That's it. And and the other thing there is Dallas is still two games ahead in their division. Uh, it's, I would say unlikely that they lose their division lead. There is a way to, for it to happen, but I think it's unlikely. Whereas the Rams are not leading their division. They don't look like they're going to challenge for their division. So if they slide a few games, they're out of the playoffs. Yeah. And the Niners are coming in hot. Exactly. Like, they have the Rams a lot have, more. To so here's about. my take. The Rams have far more to be panicked about than the Cowboys. The Cowboys are in a shitty division. And that shitty division is cannibalizing itself behind them. So as much as the Cowboys have had a couple games where they didn't look too good, all the things Will said are true. But they've got basically two games on the rest of them. And down the stretch, I really don't think it's that close. I don't think that division is all that. There's not much intrigue there. The Cowboys are still ahead, and they're still the best team, and they're going to take the division, which puts them in the playoffs and right in the mix. The Rams, uh, like and, Will and, said, are not leading the division, and they're going to have to fight off the 49ers who are t- you know, coming up fast from behind. So I think, yeah, the Rams. Now, I will say, Phil, to your point, I, I did watch the game. I didn't think it was – I didn't think they were that – like, I didn't think they were that far outclassed by Green Bay. I think Green Bay was clearly clearly the better team, but I do think there was um, it was an interesting watch to see Matthew Stafford, who was supposed to be the savior, the great quarterback, added to a great team. When he's playing next to Aaron Rodgers, it becomes very clear the difference between the two of them. Matthew Stafford played a he, he's he's good, and he didn't play a terrible game. The turnovers were bad all around. They lost the game on turnovers. If they don't turn the ball over as many, I don't even remember how many, it was at least three times, but if they don't turn the ball over like that, the game is a lot closer because those first two turnovers on the first two drives of the game basically put them 10 points down. And from there it was, uh, you know, trying to play catch up against one of the top five defenses in the league. Rogers though, makes at least six throws every game that, probably two thirds of the quarterbacks in the league won't even try and nobody else could make and he makes them look easy and he doesn't throw interceptions. So that's the remarkable thing is just watching him against Matthew Stafford. Now it did feel like a little bit in the last few games, like you're watching Stafford going, okay, so is this a case of you can take the quarterback out of Detroit, but you can't take the Detroit out of the quarterback. (laughs) So he's got to, clean some of those those turnovers up and those he's made some knucklehead plays but three I games do think in the row with a pick six yeah that's that's pretty nasty 
So, anyways, all that's to say, I think it's it's yeah, clearly the Rams. The Rams are in a in a a, a tough spot, and they're going to have to pull up their socks. Chris, did we cover it all, or do you have any uh, anything well, else to add there? I'm going to just very quickly contribute to my weekly Pittsburgh rantings and musings, but it seems oh, good uh good Lord. On, <laughs> I would have thought. <laughs> would have thought. Well, the issue with Pittsburgh is, is it seems with their, their battle against Cincinnati this year, they, they're 0-2 now, and both games were not close. Like They got their asses handed to them twice now by the Bengals this year. I don't think it, it's so much a comment on the overall quality of either team it's just, I think, I think genuinely Pittsburgh does not match up well with Cincinnati this year. It's that simple. Because I think Pittsburgh will likely beat Cleveland again when they play each other later. And they're yet to play Baltimore at all. And they'll probably have a good chance to split those games because those divisional games are generally pretty hairy. But it, it was one of those kind of situations where Big Ben playing like Big Ben, which is to say very sloppy and unathletically, didn't help. And then all of a sudden in the last two weeks, I don't know why, but Pittsburgh's defense has just like lost any and all discipline. So they were prior to the uh, the Lions game they tied a few weeks ago. Pittsburgh, I thought, was on a decent um, path, not to do any kind of playoff damage, but to at least make the playoffs. Maybe like a five or six seed kind of thing. But as as they're playing now, I, I don't think they'll even come close to the playoffs. Um, they are very likely to miss out altogether, and I think they're in a really tough spot because their defense is supposed to be what carries them. And even that's been falling apart. So they are in real trouble. They're going to need to make some really tough decisions uh, in the off season for sure. I agree 100%, Chris. Pittsburgh is in a tough spot and they do look like the third best team in that division. So again, this is just in the last couple of weeks and it feels like it changes every couple of weeks. But now that Mm -hmm. we're getting into that last kind of stretch of how many games do we have left? Six. No, five. About so. Six, maybe five, five or six. six. Now's when it really counts. So it's they're not trending in the right direction. Let's put it that way. I think you're very optimistic, though, to think that they're going to split games with Baltimore. <laughs> 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 Cleveland, they got a shot. Baltimore, ugh, I don't know. Okay, which leads us to our last topic of conversation. Phil, I'll leave this one to you. You're the genius behind this question. So uh, this was another one that was brought on by my kind of wondering how the heck Baker's still the quarterback in uh, Cleveland after losing Lamar. But for me, it's <laughs> honestly the fact that Baltimore, uh, amidst all the kind of uh, hype in the AFC around the Patriots, and deservedly so, my boys are killing it. Baltimore seems to get lost in the shuffle. They are the number one seed, and nobody is talking about them or putting respect on their name. And I wonder, fellas, why that is. And I have some ideas because they went ugly. Uh, but the point is they still win. And uh, this season, they became, I think, only the first team. I, I can't remember the specific date, but they're the first team or the fourth team, rather, in 40 seasons to have five or more fourth quarter comebacks in their first 10 games. Just a crazy stat. Right. And somehow that gets lost in the mix because they're not winning dominantly. They're winning close games. But maybe that's just how Baltimore likes to play. They like to play nice and dirty. Right. So I'm curious, fellas, why do we think Baltimore isn't getting more respect? Well, I can say right off the bat, I'll just I'm going to start with a real easy one because they threw four picks and against one. Cleveland. Yeah, but, but come on. Brown's going to Brown. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but four picks is cause for concern whether or not you won the game. 
I don't think it's a feather in your cap that you won a game and threw four picks. Sorry, that was my quick take. Somebody else jump in. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, I, I have more to say, but I don't want to. I don't want to. To me, it's more just like as long if you can lose a turnover battle and then still win a game. That says a lot about the makeup of your team, right? And if you can consistently get into those like slugfests and come out on top, that shows me that like they're positioned to play well in January football when the games get tighter, the calls get harder to come by. And to me, it's like okay, these guys kind of like being in a fist fight, right? That's kind of that's kind of what that's what January football is. It's a fist fight every week, fist fight every Sunday, right? So they're built to win. I, a fist I guess. Fight. But let let's run down their last five games. They played. The Bengals, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Bears, and the Browns. I, I would not say this is the hardest schedule in football. The who's they, who of good teams. <laughs> they, they went three and two, scored under 20 points in four out of those five games, and averaged 18.6 points on offense. I, I, I've would have to take a look at what it is now. But uh, earlier in the season, when I looked it up, I think the average winning score in an NFL game was over 28 points. Um, so 18 points a game is just generally not good enough. The fact that they scraped out three and two against teams that are eh, not that impressive. Um, I think that's why people are maybe a little hesitant to to jump fully on that bandwagon right now. They need to have a strong stretch uh, down the, the, the end of their season, and they're going to have a chance to go up against the Packers and the Rams late in the season. We'll see what the Rams are or whether the, the Bengals keep trending up, uh, but those are what I'm looking for to see if they're really... Uh, a true number one seed or, or if they're going to fade a little bit. Yeah. I like all of that. I think what you said, Will, what you said, I, I <laughs> Phil, you're going to like this. Matter. Honestly, matter. <laughs> Baltimore getting more respect. Okay. They, they're an eight and three team. They get that respect. They're eight and three. They're going to make the playoffs, but yeah, they're going to need to do more than have Lamar carry the team once they get to the playoffs. And I honestly think, if you're picking a team as the top team in the AFC, records aside, the Pats are that team right now. The Pats I... look far more dangerous than Baltimore. I think if Baltimore plays the Pats tomorrow, the Pats are spanking them. Oh, I, I hate it further. I think if almost anyone in the NFL not named the Green Bay Packers plays the Pages tomorrow, they get sanked by them. Let me tell you why. Well, I, I hate that smirk <laughs> on your face, by the way. I hate that smirk on your face. I'm just saying, man, we've not only have, let's rattle off the fact that we've won six straight wins. We've won four straight wins by at least 18 points, three straight wins by at least 23 points. And if you go back all the way before our game against the Chargers, four, I think, of our last of our six wins in total have been essentially blowouts. So this team is not just. It's not that we're beating the bad teams. It's that we're steamrolling everyone. And that we're. How many 40 burgers? Uh, well, I got that table in front of me. So, let's take a look. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, we've cut, we've knocked on the door, but again, like, let's not look at 40 burgers. Let's look at point differential, <laughs> let's look at point differential because yeah, this, uh, this defense is suffocating. This, uh, this is the toughest defense I've seen since their 2016 iteration, their 2018 iterations that won Super Bowls. And that's not hyperbolic. Like the 2018 team, I remember saying to my brother that this is one of the most underwhelming, least talented Patriots teams that won a Super Bowl, but God, could they play defense? And this team is a lot like that 2018 team. Granted, 
Mac Jones is no Tom Brady, but the weapons he has to play with are indeed better than Tommy had in 2018. That's inarguable. He had a banged up Gronk and Julian wide receiver. Granted, these guys aren't Hunter Henry's no Gronk, and we don't. I think uh, Jacoby Myers on his way to be the next Julian Edelman. But like this recipe, when I look at them, feels very much like our recent Super Bowl wins. And even going back to, 20, to 2001 of all teams, play suffocating defense, play complimentary football on offense, and punch everyone else in the mouth. That's exactly what they can do. We have three Judon. running backs. Judon is crazy. Judon we is have, a maniac. We have three running backs on this roster who any given day can put up 100 on your defense, on anyone's defense, anyone in the NFL. We have the best running a game in the National Football League and the best defense in the National Football League. Those two things together (laughs) lead to playoff success. I'm not saying we're going to the Super Bowl. I am saying I'll see whoever the fuck wants to see us in the AFC Championship game, wherever we want to play that shit. (laughs) Well, it's interesting, though. (laughs) It's interesting, though, Phil, because I'll say they have talent and they are, but they look like a team that elevates each other and everybody plays better. Um for it like Absolutely. Kendrick Bourne has been playing out of his mind Unreal. he's been coming on strong lately and listen he was he was good for the Niners but he is really looking he's making his best case to be a, a number one receiver like he's doing his best number one receiver impression and it's half believable <laughs> oh he's killing it he's killing it. KB's killing it uh yeah. he's definitely born to play and uh, I'm excited to see kind of how we do against Buffalo these next few weeks. I said this earlier, but I really think we sweep those. Uh, we go bison hunting this season and sweep them again. <laughs> like the Tommy days. Well, and and here's another little nugget, which uh, I really liked. Over oh, the last two the games, over the last two games, the Patriots are plus seven on turnovers. That's incredible. That's outstanding. They, well, they, had, they had four to one takeaways uh in in the previous game and they were four to zero against the titans well shoot i wish i could remember where i read this but i think they were talking about the patriots it's kind of like one of these ideas where it's like well yeah we may not be the best tackling team you know we may not be able to stop you from running for 100 yards on us but we can punch the ball out so every time you get the ball, we're going to try and punch it out and win the turnover battle, and then it doesn't matter if you run for 100 yards. So it's, and, yeah, I don't know. Matt Judon is inarguably, in my opinion at least, in my very biased opinion, the best free agent signing of the 21, 2021 class period. He's made an instant impact on defense. I'm not saying he's in the deep play race. He's not, but I am saying J.C. Jackson should be. And I am saying J.C. Jackson, I think, is, being, is making a case for himself being the best cornerback in football this year. And he's... By turnovers, by picks, he's led the NFL since, I think, 2018. He's got 21. I think that next closest is Xavier Howard with 14. So it's Jason a real Jackson, shame he plays for the Patriots then because he's certainly not going to get paid like it. No, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> Bill Belichick, will, the only honestly players over center he will play are corners. Always. He he paid. He was happy to pay Darrell Rivas for a one-year rental. He was happy to pay Stephon Gilmore topped-up market dollar as a free agent contract yeah. from, for signee from Buffalo. I have no doubt that if J.C. Jackson it plays continues playing at all-pro level, he will get the back to stay in New England. He deserves it. No. No. The only guy he's ever signed to a big long-term contract was Stephon Gilmore. Here's why. Here's why. We're keeping J.C. Jackson. It's because we're not re-signing Adrian Phillips or Devin McCourty. That's why. Because those guys are also for agents this year. And Bill's going to be like, hmm, well, J.C.'s uh, way the hell younger than the rest of you two. And he's also going to be an all-pro. Does he have to re-sign J.C. Jackson in the offseason, though? I think he does. I think he's going to be a free agent. 
he's he him we have a lot of guys in the secondary free agents jc devin and adrian phillips uh key among them and i think jc is the guy that you got to prioritize keeping and i really yeah. think if you i mean i love all three of them adrian phillips has been since 2020 when we signed him last year from the chargers he's been an amazing kind of pickup for us but as far as who you want to build defense around d- Belichick builds his D's around shutdown corners. That's who he does it with. And JC Jackson is just the latest in the line. And I even said that, like, arguing from 2020, he outplays Stephon Gilmore for stretches too. So he is the new mold and the new kind of like the next, like the next guy to be our lockdown corner for the next few years. We got to keep him around. You got to build a defense around yeah. Judon. You got to build it around Judon and JC Jackson. Those are your guys. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it has been really impressive to see the, the turnaround the Patriots have made in a year basically they took a year off after uh brady left and now they're right back in it and i don't want to belabor the point but it hurts my soul that they ended up with mac jones and he's playing so well when he was sitting there for the niners but we probably would have ruined him (laughs) yeah kyle shannon would have found a way (laughs) <laughs> no i just uh i don't know i just yeah hope trey lance turns into everything they say he's gonna be but uh it's uh it's hard to watch in all honesty if i was the gm i wouldn't have taken mac jones i probably would have taken justin fields so who am i to talk but yeah, yeah. all right have we covered everything or is there anything else we wanted to get to i feel like i've done enough talking for this week let alone for tonight uh, can I ask the question to the group? Why does Aaron Rodgers still look homeless? <laughs> I thought it was a Halloween costume. He did the John Wick. Cool. Why does your hair still look like that? Why have you stopped shaving? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. He looks like he lives under a bridge. As as notorious of an Aaron Rodgers hater as I am, I might I might have to admit that this season he might be slightly winning me over. And I feel like some of that bumminess is kind of part of the reason. <laughs> I don't know why he's doing it besides well, the fact that maybe he's trying to build some kind of, uh, some kind of uh, more, some more fans to realize, Holy shit, people, I am unlikable outside of green Bay. Yeah, he's <laughs> well, Will and I were talking about this offline that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has this otherworldly talent and like, you know, comparatively and we you know you guys were there for part of the conversation that if you're looking at the greatest quarterback of all time Brady is the goat because of his intangibles and his ability to uplift you know lift the players up around him and get the best out of people and build a culture and be a coach on the field and and all of that stuff talent wise he's not I don't think anybody would put him in the top five talented quarterbacks of all time physically right Aaron Rodgers is easily top five talent. The guy makes throws every game that are the highest degree of difficulty that most other quarterbacks would never even attempt, and he doesn't throw any interceptions. Top five throwers of all time? Sure. Is he he mobile? Absolutely. You know, but it goes along with that that he is outrageously probably top five quarterbacks all time arrogance. (laughs) <laughs> and it's fucking infuriating because he backs it up. He's so <laughs> arrogant yep. and yet he's so good. It's hard to uh it's hard to watch the two of them together. 
You're just rooting for it to get like rubbed in his face that he 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 could say this and and have you know this level of hubris and then and then go out and just you want him to shit the bed and then he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't and you're like oh. ever ever question is that what it was like for you guys watching Tommy dominate for this these past two decades is that uh, I, a little I mean, bit for, yeah <laughs> a little bit oh, yeah. 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 because little Tommy bit of is arrogant like I, I me being a Steelers fan oh, that was always on the and... wrong end of those Patriots beatdowns was always many beatdowns, Chris. Do you I, I think the reason them? I think the reason why Tom Brady was always so disliked because honestly, if we look at it pretty objectively, like he's not an unlikable person at all. Everything about we from we've seen about his like more accurate personality in Tampa is like nothing but fun. Knows how to take a joke and take criticism unlike Rogers. Rogers would bristle and like ban you for life for saying anything even slightly honest about him. That's that's not flattering. Whereas Brady just leans into everything, but. Um, I think it's because he was associated with Bill for so long, and Bill is such an inherently unlikable person, at least in terms of I how think, he presents honestly, himself. Honestly, Chris, I think you're onto the uh, onto it a bit there with this the Patriot way, and yeah. Tommy didn't let any of his personality out. He couldn't when he was he in, in New England, and now he is, and everybody's realizing how great he is. And I think over the last several years, we've kind of realized the greatness we're watching as he just continues to do it year in and year out into, into the advanced age that he is. Whereas in the first half of his career, I think there was a lot of dislike and it stemmed from a, a, a certain envy. I'm watching this guy who, why does he deserve any of this? He's got three Super Bowls before the age, what, 25? Some point. 26, I want to say. 26. And it's like, oh, I just hate him because he's so successful, and because what did he do to deserve it? And yeah, he lucked into it. it. He wouldn't even start a Drew Bledsoe. Well, to get and hurt. especially those first few years, like he didn't look that good. So everybody's crowning him as the goat, and you're like, no, like he throws twenty passes a game, he completes fifteen of them. Like, who cares? You know, it wasn't him. So I felt like it was it was a bit of the crowning prematurely. And then he was just so good for so long. You're just like, Oh, I don't like the guy. It's like anything, <laughs> right? The guy who just keeps winning. Like, come on, man. Like yeah, let someone else win. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, and, and there is, I don't know. There's a funny thing with, with age where when Peyton Manning came into the league, I disliked him. Not, not just like was indifferent to him, but I actively disliked him because he was a machine out there. He was so mechanically just dominant. And it was almost joyless in a sense to watch. Yeah, Very yeah. Sterile. It was just like he could do no wrong almost. Uh, you know, he's and not then, human. I don't yeah. connect with him on a human level. He's yeah. a frigging Terminator. And then, yeah. and then as he aged and you saw how he just kept being good. And as his personality came out a little bit more, it was like, uh, you know what? I like Peyton. I like Peyton. <laughs> I'm with you there too, Willie. I, I used to be a bitter Peyton hater. And then honestly, I remember like even when he was washed up in 2015 with the Broncos, I couldn't help but cheer for me the entire time being like, man, this guy has been such a cr- like, crucial cog to the Patriot story. Um, I can't help but respect the guy on his way out. I really hope he – I was glad he won that Super Bowl against the Panthers. And, yeah, it, it's there's something about – softening on quarterbacks so they get older kind of thing. And I think that's kind of what's happening with Aaron now is I think he's he's kind of realizing that, well, maybe I toxified myself a little too much. And granted, the 
whole COVID shenanigans, like, oh, I'm immunized, kind of didn't help for a second. But, you know, winning is a, a powerful deodorant. And uh, he's certainly <laughs> macking, he's certainly masking his, uh, his you know. Nope, he's not. B.O. Nope. <laughs> winning is not a deodorant that's going to uh, erase the stench of him showing me his foot. <laughs> he's dead to me. I'm sorry. You lost me there. <laughs> yeah, that was uncalled for. Just general human decency. Don't stick your foot in my face. <laughs> you know who never did that and I always liked? Phil Rivers. He never stuck his foot in your face. He's not that type of guy. He's no, but a he, would shit ta- he would shit talk you all the goddamn games. <laughs> yeah, but you know why I liked him? I liked him because he With always his wore his personality dressing. on his sleeve. There was never any hiding his personality. Phil Rivers was who he was. And he was outwardly that way to everyone. There was no Chargers way. It was just the Phil Rivers way. Bolo tie and 10 kids and all. It was great. <laughs> uh, a yeah, of children. His infamous dad cussing on the field. <laughs> yeah, just... God I still say that. My girlfriend will make fun of me for all the time when I say dad got me. She's like, where the hell did you hear that? I'm like, let me regale you the story of another famous Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. okay all right ending on a high note thank you gentlemen another great one and uh yeah that's it we'll see you next week happy watching boys oh wait 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 stop hold the press one more quick thing we have to do a quick look ahead (laughs) what games this week stand out and which ones have implications Far-reaching playoff obvious, implications. Yeah, Pat's Bill's obvious one. That's going to decide not only the AFC East, it's going to decide the hierarchy for the AFC in total. I think uh, whoever wins that game has a great chance of winning the AFC overall outright. So, Pat's Bill's. Yes, absolutely. I'm with you. Um, all right, the one that stands out to me, I mean, okay, no implications here, but 49ers Seahawks is going to be delicious because I feel like we're just going to trounce them. It would be, well, I shouldn't get ahead of myself. Knock on wood. We're going to Seattle, but there's nothing that makes me happier than beating Seattle in Seattle. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. But as far as ones that actually have some kind of implications beyond, you know, I mean, Seattle stinks right now. Uh, we got some divisional games, which are going to be interesting. I got to think the one that, that kind of stands out to me a little bit is Cowboys Saints on Thursday. That's a pretty good one. It's a sneaky good one. The Saints are the Saints are a, a, a good team and the Cowboys have looked a little rough around the edges and we we talked about they got that two game cushion, but don't go out there and lose to New Orleans, but they're going to go into New Orleans. They got to play in the Superdome and you got to get a win. They're otherwise you're Hill. Otherwise you're going to leave the door open a crack and some sneaky Taylor Heineke might it, poke his it's head It's an in. important game. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but how much it affects the division, I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see. I, I think Dallas should be reasonably well positioned even if they were to lose this, this game. But... Having said that, it, it's not uh, it's not to be taken lightly. 
Uh, for me, I'm actually looking more on the AFC side of things. We've got a divisional matchup between the Broncos and the Chiefs. Broncos have look, looked much better than they ought to be. Um, and, and Chiefs have looked very good of late, but they also have not always looked great this season. That, to me, is a bit of an interesting one. And it kind of sets up whether the Broncos could make a playoff push. If they win that game, they're kind of right in the mix. If they lose that game, the you know... Maybe I guess played. so. I think I honestly, with that game, I think I'm more looking at KC. Like they just came off the bye, they better mm-hmm. win with emphasis. Otherwise, then I'm starting to question them. In I agree. The stretch up to the playoffs. It's more about the Chiefs for me than the Broncos. Fair enough. But the Chiefs need to win this game, and they need to make a statement with this game. So, and I, I expect them to do that. The okay and. The last game I wanted to mention here before we jump off that jumps out to me is the Chargers-Bengals because I do yeah. think that has that has probably as much or more implications than uh, than any other game. I think and, we're overlooking a pretty big one, which is the first matchup of Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And I know that's... that's, that's, that's <laughs> no, no, I'm being dead serious. I'm not being a Pittsburgh homer. Guys, right not now, looking Baltimore... Not forward to that at all. Guys, Baltimore I think it's has be a the best burner. record. I don't think so. Baltimore has the best record in the in the AFC North right now. They have the, they, ha, they are the yes. number one seed in the AFC North. Exactly. Pittsburgh, but that's what I'm saying. Pittsburgh <laughs> is still a divisional game. There, I, I don't remember the last time there's been a blowout in that series, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. No matter how good or bad either team is, that is a series where they hate each other. All right, I'm going to give that to the best you. Game. That is always one of the best games of the week, no matter when they play, where they play. I'm going to give that to you. So and here's Pittsburgh my hot take. Spoiler. Hot take of the week. Pittsburgh plays spoiler, and they tie the Ravens 7-7. <laughs> Their second tie. Have there ever been a team that's had more than one tie in a season? <laughs> I'm sure Actually, not even 7-7. Seven, 7-7 seven. Seven, seven means that they each scored a touchdown. I'm going to say Four. it's going to be like 5-5. Five, five. Five. <laughs> <Five. laughs> Ew, the score line. <laughs> How they get to that, I, I have no idea. Or 11-11 or something. 5-5, five, five. Have... Thrilling, thrilling soccer game. The most boring yeah. football game I've ever watched. <laughs> um. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I suppose the Ravens need to win that. I think that one falls into the same category for me, albeit much less interesting as the Kansas City game. The Ravens need to win that with emphasis. They need to make a statement, and they need to put Pittsburgh out of of its misery. (laughs) Otherwise, we're going to have some serious questions for the Ravens. But it could also make that division very interesting. The Steelers beat the Ravens, and the Bengals beat the Chargers, and then all of a sudden, we're all talking Bengals. I'll definitely be tuning in. (laughs) Okay. Great. Now we're done. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate you. It's been uh, fun once again this week, and I can't wait to uh, chat again next week. See you, fellas. Take care of yourself. Take care.